Forbes Books presents How to Hashtag Keep Going with Mary Tautimus. Conversations with extraordinary leaders who have overcome seemingly impossible odds to build successful businesses, lives, and communities. Here's Mary Tautimus. Social isolation has been called one of the most significant health risks in older adults and costs roughly $6.7 billion annually. And my guest this week is taking on that problem digitally. Her name is Shruti Gurudanti. Shruti is a lawyer, social entrepreneur, and co-founder of Televeda. Televeda helps senior care providers offer on-site and online interactive gaming, educational, and workout classes that are designed to build friendships for older adults. Shruti, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mary. It's so nice to be here. So good to have you. So where I want to start, Shruti, is with entrepreneurship. It can be boiled down to two things, find a problem and fix a problem. What problem were you hoping to fix with Televeda? Social isolation, it's such a loaded word, but really what it comes down to is just that feeling of loneliness. It's something I saw in my own family with my own grandparents, and it just bothered me that we're in this world today where we're so heavily connected and we still have a demographic of folks who are not able to stay connected with their local communities. So Harvard did one of the longest studies and they asked people across, you know, all demographics, um, you know, blue collar, white collar, what are some of the things that were most important to you in your life? And the three things that came up for people was connections with their family, their friends and their community. And so, mm -hmm that's what gives people purpose and meaning in life and when i saw my own grandparents suffer from not being able to stay connected with their local community and feeling that loneliness and seeing how their health deteriorated because of being isolated that just sparked this whole thought process and journey of okay how do we really support our local community centers, our parks and recreation departments, our senior centers, you know, the places where we go to, to meet our friends, to meet our community, how do we help them create an environment where people have the ability to be a part of these places and groups and communities, even in their later years in life, because that's what they crave the most, that connection, mm -hmm. uh, that feeling of being you know, associated or feeling of belonging to something. So that's what drives me every day to try to figure out how do we make this happen? And if it's happening to my grandparents, it happened to them, it's going to happen to everybody. And if you and I are lucky, Mary, we will get old and this is going to happen to us. Um, mm -hmm. So how do we, how do we stop this or at least come together to figure out a potential solution for it? 
You know, I heard a podcast recently with Dr. Sanjay Gupta, and he was talking about mental health. He's actually uh, just wrote a book on dementia, on Alzheimer's, and like, how do we get past it? But one of the things he talked about was mental health. And he said, the way that you know that a person is mentally healthy is based on what they call the circle of you. So it's, it's all of the relationships that you have around you. And the more isolated a person is, the more mentally unhealthy they are, because mm -hmm. it's, it's such a hard thing to measure. So it's so fantastic that you're working on solving that problem, because it really is um, such a mental health issue. Obviously, you're trying to expand that circle. How does Televeda help people expand that circle? So if they can't like, are they going into a, a care facility or a, a local, like I think of our local um, senior center? How does Televeda help connect people and expand that social circle? Yeah, so we try to work with parks and recreation departments, the local adult daycare centers or county health departments. And what we help these community organizations do is we give them the tools, the resources, and the tech expertise that they need to digitize or create their programs in a way that now these programs are available for the citizens and residents outside of the four walls of their community center. So by way of an example, we work with the amazing city of Chandler in Arizona. They were, and they are so innovative that they were thinking about social isolation as a, as a problem, and it's become a buzzword today, but they were thinking about this way before the pandemic. Um, they recognized that, you know, there's going to be this huge demographic shift of people and there is a need for the city to go above and beyond to make sure that folks who are not being able to uh, attend the senior center or local community centers, they're being serviced too. So we started working with them with figuring out, okay, how do we now using technology, how do we expand the scope and the reach of all of these various programs that the city is offering outside the four walls of their community centers, their rec centers, their art centers. And so since I think 2019, we've been working with them and helping them create all of their programs in this digital or hybrid format. So now they have this beautiful program called Chandler Rec at Home, which by the way, they won uh, the top 10 digital cities award, I think the last two years consecutively. And what Chandler Rec at Home does, which is powered by Televeda is it's this one omnibus place where citizens of Chandler can find all of the various recreation uh, programs or art programs that are taking place in the city and be a part of that community. Just, you know, participate in it live. So if they're not able to go to an art class or a drawing class that's being done at the rec center, they can still very much engage in it live from the comfort of their home or wherever they are. Same thing for a yoga class. Um, if they're working, they're a working parent and they don't have the ability to find a babysitter, but they want to do that yoga class, now they're able to do it live in real time from wherever they are. So mm. 
by working with us, we just give cities and teams the software, the tech expertise, and all of the tools that they need to operate something this big as an endeavor in a very seamless and easy way, but ultimately focusing on helping them staying aligned to their mission, which is enhancing the quality of life of all residents, making it inclusive for everybody. So talk to me about how you develop the tech for Televeda. Is this where your husband Mayank's experience paid off? Yes. So Mayank is, of course, the other co-founder, and he is the tech genius. And um, everything from a technology perspective is Mayank when it comes to Televeda. He is also uh, he is also truly the visionary. If we have to, you know, call the seats in the the enterprise, mm-hmm. he truly sits in the visionary seat. And I'm more of the ringleader. But from a technology perspective, he's been the one who's uh, from a very sort of singular vision, which is how do we make this a very accessible platform? Accessibility and inclusivity is huge for us. And that's sort of our North Star of how do we make this as simple and easy for anybody and everybody to be able to join and be a part of. Hmm. That's really good. So I is he is he working in the business full time? Yes. Okay, because you're a lawyer by trade and your practice areas include corporate law, mergers and acquisitions and emerging businesses. How do those skills equip you at Televeda? That's such a good question. So I think lawyers and athletes are the only two people, and this is not coming from me. I heard this from uh, somebody else and it sort of stuck with me forever. But lawyers and athletes, I think, are the only people who are professionally being paid to tackle an opposing party to their job is basically to defend or, you know, to to make sure you're winning. And lawyers have a job of solving problems every single day. That is literally what we do. And it's usually some of the toughest problems. And so that keys in very, very well in the entrepreneurship world, because that is pretty much what you're doing every single day. You're just solving one problem after the other. And it's uh, usually when you're at that at that co-founder level, you're getting the worst problems in the company that no one else is able to solve. And it comes to you because now they're looking at you to, okay, figure this out because nobody else has been able to come up with the solution. Mm. So problem solving as a skill is something I think I have been fortunate to learn over the years being an attorney. Yeah, I would also say that when I think of attorneys, I think of a certain level of tenacity and grit because even just becoming an attorney and then everything that it takes to execute with consistency and discipline and accountability, I feel like that's like the genetic makeup of any attorney that I've known. Would you say that's the case for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm now I'm not comparing myself to, uh, you know, any of these people, but most presidents of the country are also lawyers. And, you know, if you can run something like the country and by going to law school, I think it pretty much are, those are pretty much skills that translate into operating a business, running a business, you know, scaling it. 
Yeah, I'd also say that anybody that wants to become the president of the United States is another trait that they share in common with entrepreneurs is a sense of a, a bit of delusion. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like we have to be a little bit delusional to 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 have this vision and to go, okay, you know what we should do, you know? And I think of it as like, I don't know if you saw in um, the movie Ghostbusters, there's a scene where Bill Murray is, you know, they're leaving the college, they got kicked out of the college, and he's trying to tell Dan Aykroyd, you know, we should start a business. And Dan Aykroyd says, yeah, well, I've been in the private sector, and they expect results, like, <laughs> you can't yeah. just, you know, and so he's like, well, how are we going to do that? And Bill Murray's like, I don't know. And he's like, where are we going to get the funding? He's like, I don't know. But it doesn't <laughs> even matter, because the the vision that he has of what is possible is more powerful than trying to figure out the how. And I think that there's some healthy delusion in that. Because if we were too tied into reality, then we might not ever start any business if you actually thought through everything that it, you know, takes to get it executed. And speaking mm. of struggle, I know you initially had a bit of a struggle finding senior living communities who would be early adopters of your program. How did you finally break through that? Yeah. So before I answer your question, I think instead of delusional, I would call it uh, optimism, mm -hmm. that you're optimistic about a future. And I mean, you're an entrepreneur, Mary, you see the future very clearly when you're figuring out the solution for something. And mm -hmm. knowing you, I know you already go to point from if it's B to A, you're already at A, while some people are sort of catching up as to what the path is. So it's about sort of figuring out, um, can you see it clearly enough so that you can figure out the, the how of it? So it's more of a degree of optimism, mm -hmm. um, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I hear, I hear you. So going back to uh, senior living communities, yes, we actually were lucky to find some very, very innovative and thoughtful senior living communities to work with right in the beginning. And since then, we have expanded into uh, parks and recreation departments, adult daycare centers, et cetera, um, health plans to work with too. So the initial partners that we had, you can think of Beatitudes Campus, for example, they're extremely thoughtful about the people and the quality of life that they have at these places. And so when I spoke to their team um, at the Beatitudes campus about starting something or piloting something that would help um, really bring engagement and smiles and joy to everybody on campus as opposed to just those folks who are going to be at the location they were fully on board so i think we've been lucky uh to have found some really incredible and innovative partners in the beginning to work with and then sort of the word grew from there and um we've been lucky so far to have a pretty pretty good um, um adoption here in arizona for sure that's really great and so what are your expansion plans? Is it, are you planning to be in, in the, say the Southwest or in all of the US or even out to other countries? What's your vision for that? Our vision is 
to help make sure no one has to ever feel alone again. Mm -hmm. And that involves reaching out to people across the world and involves reaching out to folks across age and gender and all sorts of other barriers. We've uh, been working, what's been fun is we've been working with a few library systems. And so we've been working with uh, kids as well, which has been amazing um, and very, very fun to see. Um, we're today working with organizations um, in across 26 states in the United States and uh, have a few folks in uh, the United Kingdom. We've had the privilege of working with some folks in Canada. So it's been, it's been super fun. And um, along the way, as long as we can reach as many people as we can, that's, that's the big vision. I love it. I love that. Can you say that again? You said you want to make sure that no one ever feels alone again. That's kind of the mission. Yes. I love that. That is so powerful. So uh, speaking of not being alone, we need a little help from our friends, uh, some partnerships. Can you talk a little bit about your relationships with Cigna and Duet Partners as it relates to health and aging? Yeah, absolutely. So in October of 2021, uh, we, with the help of uh, the amazing Cigna, and Duet Partners in Health and Aging, we set out on a mission to try to draw global awareness to the problem of uh, isolation and loneliness. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to think about ways in which we could do this in a very positive way uh, and in a fun way. And so that led to the idea of, hey, what if we were to play a game of bingo because who can say bingo without a smile on their face and what if we were to really go above and beyond and try to set a world record for the most viewers of a bingo game on the televela platform and so uh we had the amazing support of both Cigna and a duet, and we uh, gathered, gosh, over 125 centers across the country. Um, and then we had folks globally joining as well. Uh, we had roughly 10,000 people play the game in person as well as online. So we had 125 community centers and each of these centers invited folks to play in person. And then of course we had folks join online directly on the platform too. And on October 22nd, we uh, set a new Guinness world record for the most viewers of a bingo live stream on a bespoke platform. And what's really cool is that we actually had the uh, sort of epicenter or the the game show hosted at the city of Chandler. Um, and we had Mayor Hartke here. We had um, you know, Council Member Harris calling out the numbers. It was such a blast. It was so fun. And just the stories that we heard uh, from that event, they're so heartwarming, Mary. I had so many people uh, reach out back to us uh, telling us about how they had 
80 people at their centers. Some centers had, you know, 70, 60 people coming together and just having such a great time. And this was still, I mean, the pandemic is still going on right now, but just to have such an amazing moment in time where so many thousands of people were coming together, uh, all backed with one goal, which is to show that how the community is resilient and how we're working together is just beautiful. We had, uh, we had a lady in um, Connecticut who shared that uh, she, uh, well, this was a senior center that shared that there was a, um, one of their participants is a cancer survivor. And she, with the onslaught of the pandemic, had completely cut off uh, from everybody because she's a very high risk individual and they weren't doing anything virtually. So it was impossible for her to stay connected with her friends. And so for over a year plus, they hadn't seen her, but at this event, they, they did. They saw her, they saw her daughter, and they were able to have a lovely conversation. And after that, she just continued to stay connected with the center because, you know, she felt safe that, okay, now we're taking precautions and I can be out and, or I can do this online. And so it's just things like that, that I heard, which are just so heartwarming. And uh, Cigna has been such a great partner um, to us with that. And our hope is to, to just continue to keep doing these incredible marquee amazing events and to have more stories like that and see more folks you know feel comfortable that they now have their connections back or their friends back yeah you um i saw a story of a widower who uses the platform who keeps coming back to attend classes similar to the gal that you were just talking about and you've said that he doesn't feel like he's coming to a support group it feels more like the social event that you're talking about. Is that really a key success to Delaveda? Is is the fact it doesn't feel like a support group? Yeah, absolutely. It's a community. People uh, are very apprehensive to identify as lonely. It is a stigma. Uh, I am uh, with the Arizona Department of Health, uh, they have a five-year health improvement plan, um, and I'm on the mental well-being team. And one of the big initiatives we have is this campaign uh, just which talks about loneliness and how it's okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. So there is this big, unfortunately, there is a stigma around people identifying uh, or reporting loneliness. And so we here at Televeda want to make it very comfortable and very warm and welcoming for everyone to feel like this is a community that you can, you know, come out to and it's a place where you pursue your hobbies. You're more likely than not going to find friends when you're in an interest group where other folks have similar interests like you do. Not everyone wants to exercise. We get that. Some folks might want to do a writing workshop. Some folks might want to learn how to paint. Some folks might just want to play bingo. Hey, I would love to play bingo and, you know, find friends that way. So our goal is to help folks find their micro communities, find the, find the folks that they are most in line with 
so that they have a support system that they can, you know, fall back on or come back to as friends. Mm. That's so important. I love that. All right, hang on, Trudy. We've got to take a break. But coming up in the second part of my talk with Shruti Gurudanti, the CEO and co-founder of Televeda, Shruti shares some advice on how to deal with the doubters in your life. I mean, anyone who says no or I, this won't work is just trying to say that I don't understand. Help mm -hmm. me understand how this will work. And so then it becomes, that's my job to then help them understand that. This has been How To Hashtag Keep Going. To connect with Mary, go to marytautimus.com. M-A-R-I-T-A-U-T-I-M-E-S.com. How To Hashtag Keep Going with Mary Tautimus is a production of Forbes Books.